And listeners, welcome to the Heal the Sick podcast. Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N from Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. You can find us online at dominionfire.com. And uh, I am a licensed minister through John G. Lake Ministries, which you'll find at jglm.org if you'd like more on what they teach and train and uh, how my what my background is as well. And uh, this is the Heal the Sick podcast. This is a, a, a growing and just ever-evolving program speaking to amazing men and women of God who have operated in the area of ministry or healing or just the movement of the divine. And we get the opportunity here on this program to speak to amazing men and women of God. And today's show is going to continue that trend rolling forward. Joining me on the program today from Pulled from the Pit is the name of the ministry in the Trent, New Jersey area, a pastoral counselor, and you will know him because he will complete my collection of the Dead Razor team. Joining me on the phone today, Michael Trzinski. Michael, welcome to the Heal the Sick podcast. How are you, sir? Hey, man, I'm, I'm doing awesome, man. This is a, a treat. I'm, I'm glad I can be part of completing your collection, yeah. and uh, it's just a privilege and honor to be with you. I'm excited. It's uh, it's so cool. So, um before we really get into your background and experience, I always like to ask our guests if they will share a healing testimony, uh, something big, something outrageous, something out of the ordinary. Uh, kind of flip the audience out. What can you share with us? Awesome. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the first one that came to mind right away uh, when I was thinking about this is, is was my first real experience, uh, like my first major flip out myself. So I'm not going to share the one that flipped me out the most, but... Um, I was in the Philippines uh, with our buddy Roger, who you had on the program uh, recently. It was my first time out of the country. And, uh, you know, we were praying. You know, we were just praying for anyone and everything and, and all needs. And uh, there was this woman with this, you know, golf ball size tumor on her neck. I mean, just clearly protruding out of her neck. Uh, she had some sort of uh, thyroid cancer or something, some issue like that. And, um, you know, again, just with no rhyme, no reason, just trusting Jesus and who he is and, and believing the word of God that says uh, it's, his, it's his will to heal. Uh, we just laid hands on it, and as I laid hands on it, this thing literally started to shrink right under my hand. Um, so I, I was just completely, I had no grit for it. Um, I think, again, you go into it with this zealous kind of faith, you know, like this zealous belief that God's going to heal this thing. And, uh, you know, the reason it stood out and what I want to share with the audience is for me, as this woman, you know, this woman is getting healed. She's seeing it. I'm seeing it. We're both freaking out. And, you know, I could hear the voice of the Lord so deep in my spirit say to me, you know, Michael, don't ever forget I heal my children because I love them. And, you know, the reason I share that for me, because, you know, I was one of those, you know, like, I love the power of God. I love seeing God move in powerful ways. And, you know, we've all been in meetings where, you know, God's moving and people are wrecked all over the place, but... It started a transformational journey for me that, you know, this was really about God loving his kids. And uh, it was just, for me, you know, it was the first thing I saw, and it was it was a radical shift in my own heart, but moving into just seeing people with the same value that God sees them with. So, and it was just truly, truly amazing. So when you saw this, um, was there other people around who witnessed this as well? Uh, well, obviously I had an interpreter with me, uh, so people were just in, like, kind of stunned disbelief. Um, you know, obviously we had a team of four or five of us there, and every, you know, there were hundreds of people. Um, I mean, you know, when you're in that kind of environment, you got probably about 50 people kind of coming around you and surrounding you looking for prayer. 
Um, but obviously the woman to this day, uh, as far as the reports that I've gotten from the Philippines, is completely healed, uh, completely in order, and she's living a normal, healthy life. Now, let me ask you a question, and, and really, I, I, there's no right or wrong answer to this, just kind of your personal view on it. Um, I know in, in our work in healing ministry, we've seen some wild stuff as well, and you know, in a case like that with like a lump or tumor just disappearing, that's something that personally I have never seen, but in a case like yours, it was on the first shot. So it, it's very interesting that all of our experiences in walking this out are, are very different. So um, we see people get prayed for all the time for lumps, tumors, things like that, and nothing may happen. Why do you think in that case it worked? Why do you think in that case it happened? Why, why would you think there's an inconsistency among that? Uh, you know, million. I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with my own walk with this thing. As, as I tell people, even as we've toured around the, the country and the world, is you know, I don't have the answer. You know, because I, I, I'll be honest with you, I've prayed for just as many people where I have not seen that kind of dramatic change. Um, but I have prayed for people where I haven't seen the dramatic change with my own two eyes. And then, you know, obviously you get a report six weeks, six months later. Um, there, there was another quick story like that in the Philippines of a young girl who had a huge thing on her forehead. And, you know, we prayed and prayed and, and we felt like it was going down and it didn't. And, you know, months later we got a report or, you know, maybe six, five, six months later that she was completely healed as well. As well. You know, the reality is I learned that I just kind of go for it because I believe who Jesus is. I believe he's uh, constantly on the move. And, and I just learned to pray whether, despite the results, I've just learned to go for it with people. Yeah, and, you know, and it, it's very valid that you bring that up because it's, at, you know, I, I guess we get to a point where we, we almost get like mechanical and like a formula with this after a while that we're just trying to figure out like what's the magic phrase or the magic thing that makes it happen. And there really isn't one. So it's, it's, it's very funny in that it's just, we're always trying to sharpen up. We're always trying to get better and improve. So it's, uh, you know, cause it, th- this, this stuff kind of gets a hold of you, you know, once you kind of, experience and feel the power of God. It's just, it's all you want to do. You know, it's, it's a, it's a funny thing. So when you were out there in the Philippines, uh, how long were you there for? Uh, we were there for like, uh, probably about 10 days. Okay. Um, again, you know, we just saw God move in a lot of different ways. Is it cool if I share like the flip side of that? Just a different story with you? Yeah, go right in. A quick one? Yeah, go well, ahead. That, you know, I said you, you had me thinking about this a little bit and, and I love to share both sides of the coin because I said, I just, you know, that, that's how God works. I don't, I don't have all the answers, but much younger, uh, in my walk with the Lord, before I really had a grid for like physical healing, um, we, uh, we were at a men's weekend. I had just preached on some stuff. We, we, you know, we came out of the room and there was this young boy, uh, who was severely handicapped, you know, just like in that kind of a wheelchair, a young kid, maybe like 10, um, severely, severely handicapped. And as I walked by, I just felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to pray for that young boy. And I just was terrified, you know, like in a moment, like I walked by and I'm like, oh, and I just kept going to the bathroom. And I'm in the restroom, and I hear the Lord say again, like, clearly, like, I want you to pray for that young boy. So here I am, I'm like, I have no grid, really, at all for healing. I mean, none. I it just wasn't even praying for it in a physical way that way. So I come out, I kneel down before the child, the parents, I say, hey, you know, can I just pray for your son? And I just, I just felt like God wanted me to bless him. And I kneel down, long story short, I'm just, I'm hugging him, I'm loving him, I'm just speaking words of life over him, and this kid is lighting up. I mean, he's lit up like a Christmas tree, his spirit comes alive, he's just joyful, he's happy. I'm kind of crying, he's laughing, and then sure enough, I get up. And now, of course, this boy does not get out of the wheelchair at all. Nothing changes physically. But I get up, and I turn around, and there are his parents, and they are weeping. And as a matter of fact, they were at a church meeting at the hotel, and they said to me, you know, I don't, no one in all our lives has ever knelt down and just loved and prayed for a son like that. 
and we want to know the God you serve. So, you know, I, I share that story. So they gave their life to Jesus right on the spot. Um, I just share that because, again, I've learned, you know, if you go after this thing, you know, God's the healer. I, I, you know, sometimes you think people obviously need a physical touch. But, you know, there's so many things going on in how the Holy Spirit moves that, you know, is that any less powerful than the boy getting out of the wheelchair? I, I don't believe it is. Yeah, and, and, you know, that speaks to another point, as um, I was just saying a second ago. We're always on the search for, you know, the right phrase, the right stance, the right mindset, or whatever it takes to get the job done. And there is the actual real practical reality of, you know, just love on the person. Uh, because out of that love is where all of this, you know, all of the things flow out of. So it's it's a vital lesson, listeners, that... Um, just that the practical application of God's love in, you know, on display for people will do a lot more than, you know, any formula or trick or anything like that will. So definitely keep that in mind as you're, um, as you're starting to step out. And on this program, we always share these things with you. We tell you these things and we encourage you to always step out and try things and do this because it's got to get done. You know, we got to make it on earth here as it is in heaven. So, um, we are coming up on the close of our, First segment, Michael Trzinski, a uh, pastoral counselor uh, with Pull from the Pit in the Trenton, New Jersey area. You also know him as one of the Dead Razor team. We're going to find out more about his background experience when we come back on the second segment here on the Heal the Sick podcast. So uh, we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back momentarily. Keep it locked here with Million Dominion Fire back in a moment. Thank you for listening to the Heal the Sick podcast presented by Dominion Fire Church. Our ministry is growing, and we would like to ask you to grow along with us. Currently, we are in need of financial support, and we are asking friends, listeners, and followers to help crowdfund this ministry on a monthly basis. If this program has blessed or inspired you, please help us to produce more and more episodes by becoming a monthly supporter of $5, $10, or whatever amount is in your heart to give. Your contribution helps us produce more programs, help the sick get healed, and also support Christian outreaches overseas. Please visit www.dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter for details and how to get started. Again, that's dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter. We thank you for your generosity and support. Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. And here we are, listeners, back on number two, segment two, here on the Heal the Sick Podcast. Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N. Again, licensed minister through John G. Lake Ministries, jglm.org. And you can also find our website at dominionfire.com, where you can find listings of all of the previous editions of the Heal the Sick Podcast with just amazing, amazing men and women of God who have shared their story, told what they do, and uh, prayed for us. We've uh, gotten reports of a couple healing uh, episodes from people listening to the program. So there is uh, there's power in a lot of these words that people are speaking today, and it, it's beyond awesome. So make sure you check us out. Please spread the word. And don't forget, we're also on iTunes. So if you're on iTunes, look up Heal the Sick or Dominion Fire Church, and you will find us. So um, we... I found out we are we're reaching people all over the world. Ministers that have come on the show have starting to their numbers are starting to increase from uh, just people hearing what they do, and and we're just so blessed and so happy to be able to 
to kind of bring the body uh, together and give everything a voice. So uh, thank you for being part of this, and thank you for riding along with us here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Joining us today, a pastoral counselor from the Trenton, New Jersey area, pulled from the pit is the name of the ministry, and also one of the Dead Razor team, Michael Trzynski, joining us today. Michael, would you please tell the audience about your background and your experience, please? Well, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a wild ride. I'll try to sum it up. But, um, you know, basically for me, I grew up in a Christian house, or at least my mom was born again. Uh, closed a lot of issues in my parents' marriage. My dad went off the deep end. Parents split when I was about seven. Um, and it was just a lifestyle of insanity. You know, my dad was a little bit uh, just emotionally abusive, physically abusive, went through a lot of those things. Uh, by the time I was 12 million, I was smoking pot, having sex, getting high, drinking the whole nine. Um, by the time I was 17, I was pretty much off the deep end. I was full-blown alcoholic into all kinds of craziness. And, um, you know, just, again, just kind of, in a nutshell, my mom got remarried when I was around 21, 22 to a precious guy. I hated him at the time, really wanted to choke my stepfather, to be honest with you. And uh, wound up just really kind of getting involved in just an insane, crazy drug lifestyle. Uh, we were selling drugs. We ran a small drug empire uh, in the neighborhood where I grew up. Um, we lived outside Manhattan, so there was no lack or shortage of trouble into the club scene, the rave scene. Um, and you name it, I mean, ecstasy, PCP, Valiums, Vicodins, any kind of pills. Uh, I was into ketamine as a fat tranquilizer uh, for those in your audience who would probably find that quite mind, mind-boggling. mind um, I used to snort a uh, cat tranquilizer for about six years until it would no longer physically go up my nose. I caused you to hallucinate, live in just this ulterior state. Um, when that stopped and I couldn't put it up my nose anymore, I got into shooting it, man. I was shooting it about 75 times a day, injected cat tranquilizer. Um, that was all through my mid-20s. Got turned on to a, a lovely drug called crack cocaine, started freebasing cocaine. And that was it, man. I mean, I was just a lunatic. I was involved in armed robberies, uh, held up at gunpoint, you know, overdoses, just stealing everything that wasn't nailed down. And basically lived that life from seventeen, uh, from twelve to thirty. But you know, basically from eighteen to thirty was just crazy. And uh, man, I just don't know what made one bottoming out different than others. Uh, but I had uh, made it into a rehab by the grace of God, and I had a radical visitation from Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus came and visited me through a famous picture. Probably many of your listeners have seen. It's called Forgiven. Image of a man holding a hammer in the arms of, of Christ, uh, probably twice the size, was what kind of struck me about it the effortlessness that Jesus was holding this broken man with. And uh, he revealed himself to me through that. And it just started a journey of, you know, I was, I was completely set free from the obsession to get high almost in an instant. Wow, right on the spot, huh? Yeah, it was, you know, the next day I was preaching the gospel. Um, but what I share, you know, with a lot of people, obviously, is, you know, the Word talks about the transforming and the renewing of the mind. And uh, for me, that was a journey. You know, I, I always laugh when I share my testimony. You know, the fact that I don't smoke crack, to me, is no less of a miracle to the fact that I haven't said the F word ten times in this interview. Um, <laughs> because I was just deranged, man. I just didn't know how to live. I mean, I was 30 years old and bankrupt in almost every area of my life. So you started pulling it together, you started preaching the gospel, started that, that journey that you're on, and now pulled from the pit. Can you tell us what that is? Well, yeah, it's a ministry that my wife and I uh, kind of came up with. My, my wife's a lot more creative than I am, and uh, she, you know, she had her own bipolar, suicide, depression background that she lived through in her 20s, grew up in the church. Um, so both of us have really just been pulled from a place of darkness. You know, we were really just kind of 
feel like for us, for whatever reason, you know, we have seen just that other side of life and just how dark and desperate it can be. And so pulled from the pits of ministry that uh, our, you know, our tagline, if you will, is loving people, equipping believers, and releasing the kingdom. Uh, so we run a lot of different classes on identity. Um, you know, I have a pastoral counseling uh, education. My degrees are in pastoral counseling, working on my PhD by the grace of God. And I say that I did because they told me when I was 30 that I would not have the ability, my motor skills would start to decrease by the time I was 40, and I'd be all, on all kinds of antidepressants and all kinds of uh, health issues, which obviously I have none of as I just turned 40. And uh, so we, we do a lot of ministry in the New York, New Jersey area, and we love to take teams, million. We love, like we were talking about in the first segment, is grabbing a group of people, we're taking people over to India in March, for example, and we just take teams of people and just get them activated in the supernatural lifestyle. And, you know, our experience is when they see how God wants to use them and work through them to heal the sick, raise the dead, clear the leper, and cast out the demon, there's no going back to an ordinary religious lifestyle, if you will. Mm. Yep, not happening. <laughs> not at all. Well, that, that's how it works for me. So I, I, we just try to, you know, I, I don't try to reinvent the wheel. We just try to do you know, what God's shown us to do and, and, you know, what's really kind of changed our lives. Now, where people will most likely uh, recognize your name from and your work is from the movie Dead Razor. Now, how did you get involved with that project? Well, it's interesting, you know, long story short, um, I actually, because of my background and my education, I was pastoring a Christian company in Illinois, in Schaumburg, Illinois. And um, just to a result, as uh, a result of different events and different meetings, I mean, it was just a supernatural God thing, obviously. Um, but my boss, my employer at the time, had uh, just a hand in bringing the whole team together. Um, he had gone on a trip to Brazil, met Roger through the Randy Clark Ministry Global Awakening. Um, they had met, and then through you know, a series of events, I met Roger, Roger knew Johnny. And uh, my boss's wife also had a, just a big thing for resurrection. You know, she's really been chasing physical resurrection. So that's how she, we found out about Tyler and what Tyler Johnson was doing. And then uh, we also met Jesse through a, um, it was basically a trade show for the business that my boss was in. And Jesse was just putting out his book. And so in some weird way, that kind of, you know, time in Chicago where I spent two years had a hand in all of us kind of coming together. So, with your experience on that movie uh, up to this point through any of your ministry work, have you seen resurrection up to this point? Physically, for me, I have not seen resurrection, which is kind of cool. I mean, I feel like I'm the one guy in the team that, you know, sometimes it takes more faith to chase something that you haven't seen. So, I have not physically. um, The closest that I've come is uh, I experienced a gentleman in a coma who was basically brain dead, who they were pulling off the plug. Uh, we had the privilege of praying for that man. He had overdosed on drugs, and uh, he is completely normal. He's completely sound and, and serving the Lord to this day. Um, but that, for me, is the closest. I have not seen a flatlined resurrection myself. So working on that film, uh, it, w- it was a very interesting film because it, it put a lot of different things on display. It told some amazing testimonies, and there was a lot of creative evangelism things that you guys were working on. So working on that film and working with the rest of the team, what would you say the biggest thing that you took away from the experience was? The biggest thing for me personally, um, which is probably something that's, that's kind of hammered in the film, but not really, uh, maybe you know, we didn't have time to dive into it, is the beauty of being around guys and people that do not have the same exact, uh, you know, they just don't agree on everything scripturally, but they're seeing fruit of Matthew 10, 8 in their lives. And, you know, I, I believe even probably quoting Johnny on that, so I don't want to sound, <laughs> I don't want to sound robotic, but it was for me. You know, I can remember a quick story with Roger when I met 
him, you know, I had such a love for Roger. And then, like, I left because, you know, coming from these sometimes religious mindsets, it's like if they don't believe exactly what I believe, I can't be friends with them. And I can remember the Holy Spirit saying to me, like, that's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, just having friends that kind of challenge my thinking and sometimes don't agree with me is much more productive in making and helping me grow in my walk with the Lord. And even just loving people where we're at. You know, if we can't love and respect each other where we're at as the body of Christ, uh, you know, even if you don't believe in healing, you know, why do we hammer the people that do believe in healing and, mm-hmm. and vice versa? You know, we, we need to learn to just love each other where we're at regardless. And that was the biggest takeaway for me. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things with all the different variations and and um, denominations of Christianity. I mean, there, there's I, I'm starting to see it. I don't know if if anyone else out there is or anyone in the ministry is, but they're they're starting to become that crossover, like you're saying, where people. I don't want to use the word tolerating because that doesn't really express it, but people are starting to come together and just you know be cool with each other, which which is huge because that's you know the body's becoming one. I think anyway. So, um, so listeners, it's uh. Great story from uh, from where Michael started to where he is now, and just another of many, many, many demonstrations that God can get the job done, and Michael's uh, just demonstrating that. And uh, with that said, we are up against our second break, as time is rolling so fast, because this is uh, just a great conversation. Michael Trzinski joining us from a ministry called Pulled from the Pit, Trent, New Jersey area, and also uh, one of the team members of Dead Razor, as you just heard here. When we come back, Michael is going to share a little something-something that's on his heart. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back after this. Thank you for listening to the Heal the Sick podcast, presented by Dominion Fire Church. Our ministry is growing, and we would like to ask you to grow along with us. Currently, we are in need of financial support, and we are asking friends, listeners, and followers to help crowdfund this ministry on a monthly basis. If this program has blessed or inspired you, please help us to produce more and more episodes by becoming a monthly supporter of $5, $10, or whatever amount is in your heart to give. Your contribution helps us produce more programs, help the sick get healed, and also support Christian outreaches overseas. Please visit www.dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter for details and how to get started. Again, that's dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter. We thank you for your generosity and support. Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. All right, listeners, we have come to the end of the road, but we still got a little way to walk yet as we're right here in our third and final segment of this episode of the Heal the Sick podcast, a presentation of DominionFireChurch.com or DominionFire.com, excuse me. Don't even know my own website, right? But uh, hey, it's there. You'll find us. <laughs> Joining us on the program today, fascinating, fascinating guest with an amazing testimony. Michael Trzinski, Pulled from the Pit, is the name of the ministry, Trent, New Jersey area, pastoral counselor, member of the Dead Razor team, and gentleman who's going to be uh, sharing a little something that's on his heart today. And uh, what, what Michael is going to uh, bring to us is on the subject of identity from Second Corinthians. So, Michael, let it rip. Awesome, man. Well, you know, the first thing that's coming to mind is I, I love sharing with people, uh, you know, there's a law called perceived value. Um, and for many of your listeners who may not know what that is, it's basically the price that someone's willing to pay to, to purchase something. It's the price or the value that somebody puts on something in order to purchase it. 
Uh, the best analogy I can give when I was growing up, there were baseball cards that people were paying, you know, upwards of eighty thousand, hundred thousand dollars for. Um, that's the law of key value. Somebody perceived that that you know two by three cardboard, you know, card with uh, Willie Mays on it was worth eighty grand, and that's what they're willing to pay. You know, so for your listeners out there, I know a lot of us. You know, I just really want to speak on the identity of who God says you are that you are a valued, loved, and accepted, righteous son because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the reality is, as a body, when we start to grab that we are not these, like, future sinners that God could not stand, we had a problem with sin, but sin was not our identity, it was not our value. Uh, and the reason I share the perceived value is because it's quite simple. God paid the highest price. He paid the precious blood of Jesus Christ to restore you back into a relationship with him, that is a perceived value that states that you have value, worth, and just total acceptance from God. And, you know, so I want to just read a little bit. One of my favorite scriptures in Second Corinthians 5 that I've been actually on for quite some time, Million, um, is in verse 14, Paul says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And, you know, in that line with identity, it's so important that your listeners, that all of us that have that understanding of who we are in Christ, realize that everyone around us is one reconciliation away from coming into their true identity. And, you know, that means, you know, the Muslim, the homosexual, the the neighbor that we can't stand, the people that disappoint us, they just don't know who they are. And, you know, as a body of Christ, we have to stop looking at them with offense and with unforgiveness and even honestly having unrealistic expectations of many of the people around us. So for your listeners, understand that the Word says that one died for all and therefore all died, and He died for all, that those who would live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. You know, the question I ask everybody, uh, just, you know, where are you at in understanding, like, what compels you? You know, are you living your life for Christ? I mean, can you truly say that you're living your life for Christ? I mean, you know, many of us get caught up in the circumstances, and again, as a counselor, you know, I don't mean to, you know, shove away the pain and, and shove away the disappointments and the stuff that people cause us, but, you know, we cannot allow that to stop what God has called us to do. You know, a few verses down, for time's sake, I won't go into it all, but it just says how, you know, the Lord is wanting to partner with us, and He's looking for us to be the ambassadors and the ministry of reconciliation to the world around us. So, you know, no matter what you do or where you are or what your profession is, that's all just, you know, sugarcoating for the real call of God is that you would reveal to the people around you the value that they have to God as a son and as a daughter. And, you know, my heart and the body of Christ is just to see everybody come to that place where everything else is secondary. And, you know, again, like, you know, just certain things that we get to do in the course of our day. You know, what if every time you went out to the store or you ran your errands, you just started to see people the way God saw them and realized that they were just, again, one reconciliation away from coming into who they are in Christ and the value that God's put on them? Wow. You know, so that's kind of the lesson I want to lay out there, and just, just to encourage your, your, you know, obviously if you don't know the Lord, hard is that you know Jesus, but I would think some, most of the people that are listening to this have a, a relationship with Jesus and understand how much God values them 
and then out of that overflow that they would see the world around them with the same eyes. You know, as you were first going into that, it was interesting because you, you started reading it. And uh, first thing that came to my mind was Ministry of Reconciliation. And it was interesting that you, you know, you brought that up later on. And then the other thing that I kept hearing in my head was bind up the brokenhearted. And I think there's, Oof. you know, there's an element to that as a lot of things we look at, you know, you said we hold unforgiveness against people doing things we don't approve of or whatever the case may be. In many, many cases, and as a counselor, I'm sure you, you know, you've dealt with this, is that there's a lot of just brokenheartedness that fuels that. And as you're binding right. up the brokenhearted, you know, you by default bring the ministry of reconciliation. You know, you bring people back and get them into that just one reconciliation they need because the core of the problem a lot of times is people are just brokenhearted. Simple as that. So it's, uh, it just, that, that just kept coming into my head as you were, as you were saying that. So, um, perceived value, just huge. Uh, Love it, love it, love it, it's Michael. Awesome, man. Yeah, I, I love it, man. No, no, I love it. I just, I'm just, I'm just, just my spirit's connecting with yours, man. Everything you're saying. You know, um, if people would like to hear more about this, if they would like to learn more about uh, what you do and just kind of follow your work, where can people find you? Um, website, social media, emails, contact. How can people find you? Absolutely. Uh, the name of the website, my accent gets a little funny with it, but it's pulledfromthepit.com. So it's just like it sounds, P-U-L-L-E-D, fromthepit.com. We have a ton of information on there uh, about some of the stuff we're doing, the classes we're running, the trips we're taking. And then obviously on Facebook, you know, we have a Facebook page. It's pulled from the pit on Facebook. And then, uh, you know, Michael Trudinsky, my last name's a little tricky to spell, but um, we're on Facebook. Uh, you can reach out to me through any of the contact information there. And, you know, we'd love to hear from you. You know, anything we can do to help you or support you or encourage you, we're, we're here for that. That's what we love to do. Yeah, the last name, that's like alphabet soup up in here. So, if you, guys, if you have if you have any trouble finding Michael, you can also, don't forget, email us at dominionfirechurch at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to connect you up as well and uh, and refer you over. So, um, Michael, it has been awesome to have you here today. It's been a great story, a compelling story, and uh, just, just good, good, good stuff. Um, what I like to ask our guests to do is, as we're wrapping up our, our final segment here, is if the guests would please pray for our audience. And... If uh, mainly what we're praying for is somebody has a healing need, if someone needs a broken heart to be bound up, um, if you have a word of knowledge about something, a prophetic word for someone, if you have anything at all that comes into your spirit, there are no limits here on this program. So would you please pray us to the end? Awesome. Awesome. I'd love to. It would be my honor. So, Father, we just I just thank you for this time, Lord. I thank you that you're a divine God, you're a sovereign God, and that you know whoever needs to hear this today, a word of healing, a word of encouragement, Father, that you're... Children would be encouraged, Lord, that they have great value, uh, Father, that the listening audience would know that they are accepted by the Creator of the universe because of Jesus Christ, and they are righteous, and they're fully worthy of just to receive your love. I just feel like right now, even as I'm praying it, that there's some people listening that just, like, their receivers are broken, so to speak, and they've had trouble, you know, they're always caring for everybody else, they're always doing things for everybody else, and I just feel like right now the Lord is just going to touch you with a fresh touch of the Father's love. I feel like the receptors, your love receptors, are opening up to realize who you are in Christ and the value that you have. So I just feel like performance is being broken off some people, uh, the willing, uh, that the wanting to just always please God, and then not understanding that they are a son of God, fully accepted, fully received. So I just believe that that's happening right now. 
And I just, I'm, I'm seeing some people, I don't know, I see somebody with like a broken arm or maybe a broken shoulder or elbow. Something's broken from the elbow to the shoulder. You've been having a lot of pain, and I just feel like God's healing that right now. Um, I think it was caused by like a car accident. I just see something with a car accident, so I'm just releasing that right now. And Father, I just release your love. I just release, again, identity and worthiness over this group. And Father, uh, that you would have your way in their life, that they would be totally compelled by the love of Christ to be that minister of reconciliation, Lord, everywhere they go, every hour of the day, every moment that their eyes would just be for the lost, just the way that your eyes are always for the lost ones, Lord God. And Father, that out of this place of great love and compassion, that your people, we, your people, your children, would just minister to those around us with love and joy and freedom. In the name of Jesus. Mm, love it, love it, love it. Michael Trzinski pulled from the pit, Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, compelling story today and just uh, off the chart stuff here. Um, listeners, we want to thank you as always for hanging with us and for checking us out. You can also find us online at dominionfire.com for our website, facebook.com slash dominionfire, twitter.com slash dominionfire, and my personal Twitter is at healing minister. And uh, we have videos that we have been uh, producing and putting out with In the Streets Healing for demonstration, which you can find us at youtube.com slash dominion fire church and uh, some additional videos at instagram.com slash dominion fire and uh you're welcome to hit us up in any of those areas oh and of course the email address you know old uh, old-fashioned email is uh, dominion fire church at, uh, at gmail.com so feel free to hit us up in any way that you need to and of course if you need to get in touch with michael or any of our guests uh please feel free to send me a message i monitor it all so i will be happy to help you and um, as always it's a pleasure to bring you this program it's a pleasure to uh to talk to you and also just to hang out with just amazing men and women of god and just uh hear what God is doing for real, for real. Okay, it is happening. So, all right, listeners, be good. We'll see you next time. Be blessed. And as we always say here on the ministry, boom goes Yeshua. See you next time. <laughs>